1: Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Stu. And this is Bad Screenplays.
2: We've been writing screenplays for years, but couldn't get anyone to read them.
1: On each episode, I read an unsolicited script.
2: And I read one. We pull them apart and decide if they're any good, but mostly try and have fun with them.
1: Maybe these screenplays will attract attention or get greenlit by First Draft Productions, our own fictional production company. I didn't even watch the Oscars and I don't know anything about it. (laughs) (laughs) Snap. We had this big, big play as if we actually give a shit.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. but yeah, that's what we live for. No, it isn't. We created that, uh... We created a competition
1: for our podcast and pretended like we actually <laughs> care about the Oscars.
2: Screenplays, uh movies, Oscars, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so was- I just watched a 3 minute um I tried I, I typed in what you need to know about the Oscars 2021. Yeah. And it was essentially it 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 looked like the theme I hate to say theme cuz you know but the, mm. it was very heavy in promoting female talent um, that, yeah. for a long time, I think the academy is overlooked. So, like Natalie Portman had a dress on yeah. that was covered in the names of female directors and writers and co-directors and et cetera. And there was loads of there was loads of other uh, um, you know good performances and things. But eh eh,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Not much, not much going on. I don't even know one. Some of the categories, I, I, the ones I can think of is, I actually did watch *Nomadland* and thought it was very good. To be fair, yeah. like, and that won Best yeah. Picture, I think.
2: They did. It won. It won Best. Was it Best Director or Best Picture?
1: Might have been both. You know.
2: Yeah. I think there's only
1: ever been two Best Female. Um, Best directors with women ever in the Oscars, and this was one. Of them, really, I think yeah. I think it was um, the Chinese director of Nomadland and Catherine Bigelow. I think they were the only ones.
2: Oh, that's right. Well, I hate and I hate to say that's why I hate pays me to say theme because it wasn't a theme. Like the theme suggests that next year it'll be a different theme, and it's it's not like that. Yeah. From, you know, you know what kind of an industry this is. Like, oh, yeah. if you go on a set, you know how many women carpenters do you work with exactly. exactly you know and the same with me there's like six guys in my office so tv and film is male dominated yeah. and it's hot well like i know it must be hard to like fight against those stereotypes and everything if you are a woman trying to get into the industry amongst if you're a guy it's hard enough yeah imagine like having everything stacked against you so to go ahead and make a movie and win best director oh, yeah That's insane. That's so good. And it was good. It was very good.
1: Um, You know, well deserved, as far as I'm concerned. But it's funny though. It's. I do think it's good that they're trying to right some wrongs and they're trying to correct some things by saying, okay, let's let's shine a light on the women of Hollywood. And you go, okay, that's only a good thing. But part of me goes, okay, do that. But also from every single role like what you just mentioned just make it easier and so there's a natural sort of um, influx of women writers and women directors and women you know
0: this that the other it's not
2: it's not a standout thing it's not like oh you know it It shouldn't be of note, because it should be as normal as, you know, as seeing a woman next to you in a voting booth
1: on
2: (laughs) on election day, you know. (laughs) Have you ever raised an eyebrow? No. I know. Uh, Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So yeah, so it, oh, it
1: shouldn't man. be it's the type of thing that you have to shine a big light on and make a big thing out of. But anyway, I suppose Unfortunately, it's it is. it's a step in the right direction, I suppose, isn't it?
2: It is, it is, it is, it is. Righty ho. But there was another um there was another uh piece of uh television that I think caught both of our eyes. This yeah. <laughs> this time.
1: Brand new partridge.
2: That time, it's now time, this time. Like oh, okay, I forget. <laughs> I look. I only watched as big a Partridge fan as I am. I only watched the first half because mm-hmm. the kids were screaming and running around the house. and I thought I've got to savor this yeah. in my own in my own time. I can't I can't have half an eye on this. It's, but you watched yeah. it.
1: They've tried the, the best to jam pack it because it's not an Ian Uchi thing. It's not written by the same team who wrote uh, I'm Alan Partridge, which that's just layered to death. So that's why it's so, so watchable and so quotable, right? And it looks like they made the conscious effort to just really just jam-pack and they, they must have done about like 20 friggin uh, like rewrites of the thing just to cram as much in as possible and uh, I have to say it it was really good, genuinely really good.
2: And what I saw it was it was very funny, yeah.
1: It was. There was just lo- loads of like small little bits and bobs where like he bends down to sort of speak to someone at his knees oh my god! Crack, and he rinces, <laughs> they just stupid little things. I
2: love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's great it's actually it's the Gibbons brothers so it's um, uh, I think it's Rob and Neil Gibbons and Steve Coogan wrote it and they started working together I think Mid-Morning Matters was when oh, the Gibbons okay, brothers yeah. first got involved so it was like the new Partridge it's, it, you'll see from then on it's a newer version of Alan yeah um, the only thing I will say is that the first season of this time seemed like like a real half-hour on-air program mm-hmm. with all the bits in between and the gaps and everything. This one, this time, seemed a bit more packed. Like you just said, it was—it's loaded with lines and you know, and gags and and little things. Yeah, it seemed like quite one, two, three. Like it was—it yeah. was so fast. Like I—I I think the first one benefited a little bit from that breathing room between, right? Yeah, gags almost that little. I don't know. I don't know. Look, I, I guess I only watched half an episode, so I can't. I can't.
1: Predict. Yeah. And it's it's subjective as well, isn't it? I, I feel like the first series was trying to be like a realistic one show thing. That was like a um, crack starting to appear. Whereas this yeah. one is going for the sort of not realistic at all. This would never ever, right. ever be on television but it's dead funny and it's very Alan Partridge and so in that respect I was like I'm in
2: you know I'm in you're right I don't you're want right that's to the way to look at it
1: a realistic TV program I want it to be an outrageous Alan Partridge thing <laughs> you know? and it was yeah
2: <laughs> it's great alright okay I'm gonna finish I'm gonna finish watching that tonight it was good
1: it was good I'm, look, I'm looking forward to the rest of them
2: um, what else have I
1: been watching I watched the six part samurai documentary on Netflix what? Which is actually very, very, very good. Oh, my God. It was really? a, absolutely epic and really, really well done, to the point where I was like, this is like Game of Thrones, but real. I, I, Whoa. And a history lesson, because it's like talking heads
2: thing as well. Really good. Are you serious? Like with, um, no, so the, who are they interviewing? Like, I met like Rex Kwando type? <laughs>
1: no real real traveling ronin samurai no they were just uh, like historians from different universities and stuff like that um, Nice. although there is i think there's one samurai or one guy who claims to be an actual samurai and um is, is it, he the, american no he's not <laughs> it's it's <laughs> oh sorry it's tom cruise
2: <laughs> did you ever see that movie
1: the last samurai no <laughs> fucking out. He's a samurai, and he's a Caucasian white. He's like a white American man.
2: Yeah, he was an American army officer, I think, who went native. Well, he was meant to go and do something or do some deal, but then he fell in love with a, a samurai girl a lady um, samurai a lady samurai and um it to only to be accepted in the village of samurai samurai, <laughs> samurai. what's Some
1: the plural L. jackson
2: <laughs> was he in it he's in everything
1: samurail
2: <laughs> samurail <laughs> <laughs> he's in every movie. Remember that line is. from Ted. That line from Ted, two. I think it was.
1: Oh, that's. So he goes.
2: Uh, the girl's called Samantha. Samantha Jackson. Uh, and he goes, "What's your middle name? Like Linda or something." She goes, "So your name is Sam L Jackson." <laughs> <laughs> Samuel. L. Sam L. Jack- she goes, "Who's that?" And he goes, "You know every movie ever. He's the black guy." Oh <laughs> God. <laughs> <see>. No, I'm <laughs> the other black guy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I've seen that Uh, but he gets mistaken for Lawrence Fishburne and he doesn't take it well oh
2: my god yes I uh, loved you in the Matrix yeah yeah. he's like
1: (laughs) there's Lawrence Fishburne Um, (laughs) but this is good this is a good documentary oh yeah there's this guy who claims he's a real samurai and he's there Mm. with his sword sheathed and there's like a tennis ball machine firing tennis balls at him Yeah, and uh, he takes a couple like balls whizzing past just to, to gauge it and the ball is coming at him at like 150 miles an hour or whatever. Whatever the normal save is, 120. Yeah,
0: or
2: something.
1: yeah. And it comes at him. He unsheaves the sword, slices it, and puts the sword back in again. And no it, it's re- way! <laughs> it's like a little puff of smoke coming out of the tennis ball. It's really impressive. You have to find the video. Are you serious? Yeah, it's really good.
2: All right, okay, I'm in. Watch that.
1: It's like superhuman <laughs> reactions, you know. So this uh. this guy reckons he's a samurai, but the documentary again, it's just um goes through all like the 1500s like the civil war for 100 years and all the different warlords and all that stuff but it's, it's oh yeah it's very addictive to watch like it's really good okay
2: okay alright I'm in
1: we'll have to find a um, samurai um, script maybe, maybe someone could send us one of those that would be fun oh that would be so good um,
2: that would be so good it would be
1: excellent I just want to say a quick hello to our uh, new sub redditors we've got uh, a group of people hey. who joined our new sub reddit we, we got thrown in a um, Reddit jail from a couple of other subs for being a being a, a pair of dickheads so yeah, we've uh, we've yeah. created our own subreddit so you can't ban us from our own subreddit uh,
2: So sure they'll find a way <laughs>
1: <laughs> so we got kicked out of uh, uh, the podcasting subreddit for saying that we've got a podcast and is it a
2: life ban?
1: a lifetime oh no it was a temporary ban and we got a life ban after we sent them this <laughs> hi You are a a big posh sod with plums in your mouth, and the plums are mutated, and they've got beaks. You make pig smoke. You feed beef burgers to swans. And you have big sheds with 20-foot-high chickens. And these chickens are scared. They don't know why they're so big. They're going, oh, why am I so massive? And they're looking down at all the little chickens, and they think that they're an aeroplane because the other chickens are so small. Do you deny that? No, I think silence speaks volumes
2: and that, that <laughs> we and then we got our bad and then we
1: we said them that and we got a lifetime ban. so
2: fair enough I think it's worth <laughs> it
1: <laughs> oh yeah of course it's worth
2: it we've gone out on our own now so we've got our own sub reddit
1: yeah. oh bad screenplays you'll find it just go bad screenplays you'll find it and we've got a few members already who've been sent to the screenplays and a few of the screenplays are people we read out um, have joined so hello to you and thanks for them.
2: I'm doing one tonight,
1: aren't I? You're doing another robage. Is it your turn to go first? You, that Bobolution was me. Oh, so it's my turn to go first.
2: Okay, you're first. So
1: you're doing a robage. Um, after I've read my one here, we also have a little poll going, which we'll talk about at the end of the podcast, which is quite fun. Mm. Interesting results on the on the um, the new sub. Anyway, should we get into the screenplay? Let's do it. You have sent me one called Nigel escapes death. Uh,
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I struggled this week actually. I almost like too much to choose from. Mm-hmm. So I read a read a ton, and then I was like, eh, <laughs> okay, mm. this is good.
1: Your eyes go Sorry. a little bit sort of squared after reading like a dozen screenplays, don't they?
2: Well, they say that's the thing. Like if you go into a shop and they have like three types of cheese mm-hmm. you're more likely to buy the cheese than if they had 500 types of cheese Okay. The, the shop with the 500 types people just stare at them they're overwhelmed with too much choice and they just walk out yeah
1: yeah I can see that I can totally see that you just end up coming up with cheddar <laughs> butter but cheddar <laughs> nice cheddar want some cheese? <laughs> Have we got a writer of this screenplay? Who was written the screenplay? Uh, Nigel Escapes Death, written by some human-type person. Yeah. I probably could have guessed that. Ain't on I, know. I know. Fade in. External. Fishing hole. Evening. A calm evening on a tranquil lake surrounded by trees. Nigel, 40s. A heavy set fella with thinning hair and open Hawaiian shirt fishes over the side of a rickety wooden a boat i'm getting a what's his name from newman when he was in jurassic park <laughs> that's what i'm thinking
2: i thought i saw a tony soprano oh shit yeah did he wear a hawaiian shirt or he wasn't a hawaiian oh,
1: surely, guy surely surely he did at some point or big open shirt anyway
2: with the vest underneath right yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's getting an English accent. I've done a couple of poor American accents, so i don't think yeah. it's going to go English. Anyway, Nigel. Come on, boys, just one little bite. A nibble. <laughs> he downs the last drop of crap beer and tosses the can on the pile of empties in the bow. Nigel. Serves you right, then. Nigel stands up, unzips his trousers to piss over the side just then a brilliant fireball screams overhead through the night holy the boat shifts with Nigel's sudden reaction and capsizes dumping everything in the lake Nigel surfaces amongst the beer kinds shit external wooden road night wooden road not wooden road (laughs) a wooden road surely that's a bridge yeah the headlights from Nigel's beat up truck pierce the mist that crawls over the dirt road. Internal Nigel's truck. Nigel squints through the dirty windshield as a hula girl dances on the dashboard. That's definitely Jurassic Park Esther, isn't it? Oh, it is. He's definitely got a little hula us that, um... whatever the dinosaur is. The Slothosaurus. he does.
2: A bit bobbelucious.
1: <laughs> it's Bob-a-lucious. External wooded road. The truck. Swerves right where the trees appear to have been obliterated, the tyres crush burning branches as it traverses the newly minted trail. External, clearing around Alice's ship, (laughs) night. Alice.
2: Alice! At
1: the end of the trail... I I used to do that part. I used to watch... um,
2: Oh, what's that? Is it Luther? Yeah.
1: Alice, <laughs> I never watched it, but I <laughs> no, ju- <laughs> Alice. <laughs> and she'd be watching it by herself. I just go, Alice. <laughs> you never watched Luther? No, it's just him running around. Ah, oh, a-
2: sort your life out, lad. His coats too tight on him. Really? Yeah. Man, it's okay. All right, all right.
1: <laughs> she she absolutely loves it, but I've never watched
2: it. <laughs> Come on.
1: Um, okay. Oh, we. I think we all watched the finale of. Line of Duty and most people agreed that it was a bit shit.
2: I know. (laughs) I know. It was like, really? I think... Really? Where was the... That's not why you watch Line of Duty, is it? For these
1: big reveals. You watch it for the whole intricacy of it and they built it up for a big reveal that wasn't right what it said it was going to be.
2: And you know what they did at the end? No spoilers, but they did that thing where they tell you with text on the screen, like uh, what everyone's yeah. up to or what they did, that was enough to convince my mother-in-law that it was based on a true story. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I didn't have the heart. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So you didn't <laughs> she, say anything? Nah, lad. <laughs> oh, man. She's not gonna she goes, do- so it is a true story, because they tell you at the end what they're doing. Oh, man.
1: Oh, bless. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's wonderful. External clearing around Alice's ship. (laughs) At the end of the trail, a small circular flying saucer lies half buried in the earth. A tree, barely vertical from the impact, falls forward and smashes into the disc. Ooh, disc. (laughs) Internal, Nigel's truck. Nigel is wide-eyed and slack-jawed. As he pulls into the clearing, external Nigel's truck still dripping. <laughs> Is it just a- ejected in his pants at the sight of it?
2: <laughs> Alice,
1: <laughs> Alice, still dripping. Nigel steps out of the muddy truck. External clearing. It's extremely heavy rain outside my window at the minute, so I hope that the mic doesn't. Is it? No, I
2: can't, I can't hear it.
1: Okay, it'd be quite atmospheric if it uh, if the mic picks it up. Yeah yeah. <laughs> okay. Nigel. Hello? You're right in there. Alright You're Alright. You're Get in the word Nonce. Uh, Alice. <laughs> Alice. Knocking can be heard from within the vessel. Hold on, saucer people. Nigel drops the magazine. What magazine? That's why he was dripping. <laughs> yeah. that's why he was dripping. What? Oh. Runs back into his truck and pulls a chain from the bed. The bed? Bed of the truck, maybe? Bed truck? Oh. Nigel, I got this! Or, I got this! <laughs> <laughs> I got this! It's, I got this! Or, I've got this! I've got this! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've got this! <laughs> External <laughs> Nigel's truck moments later. The tires spit there as the tree is dragged away. External clearing around Alice's ship Moments later, a circular door opens on top of the flying saucer. Escaping steam hisses around it. Alice, 20s, a helmeted female figure dressed in a skin-tight metallic jumpsuit, slinks out of the wrecked craft. Hey! A bare midriff and inappropriate cleavage show off her purplish skin, <laughs> covered with leopard-like spots. <laughs>
2: What are the odds? <laughs> oh.
1: God, this person who wrote the script doesn't want to name himself, having his own little fantasy, isn't he?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Nigel, make a grown man cry. <laughs> <laughs> she stumbles a little, then steadies herself. The woman takes off her helmet and throws it to the ground. Alice,
0: throw <laughs> <"Frior> it, <us>, bitch! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Nigel, that's a nice ride. I'd hate to pay that deductible. Okay. Can you hear that rain? Yeah. Can you? Oh, shit. It's like insane hailstones pounding the window next to me at the minute. Really? Yeah. Oh, shit. Is that loud on the mic?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Uh, That's alright. You'll yeah, add to it. Don't worry. Okay. Alice.
1: To Breivik S. Alic.
2: Alice.
1: Thank you for the most thing, my gribble Nigel. To brillig S Nigel, I think <laughs> Alice, this is so loud. Alice rolls her beautiful eyes and plops down her helmet. Points to a blinking device on her wrist. Alice. O-fish is whiffling coming. Help! Help is coming to through this translator. got all bandersnatch. snatch! Bandersnatch. Bandersnatch. Straight. Did you watch that?
2: Yeah, I did.
1: I was disappointed, you know. You didn't like it? I thought it was... I thought it could have been spectacular, although I would have just liked an episode of that story. <laughs> but it was the
2: first ever... Like, the novelty of it alone was like... Oh. It was...
1: <laughs> I, I did it wrong. I was skipping through it, and I was like, okay, I'll do this, I'll do that, and then the, the guy just jumped off a balcony. I was like, whoa, no, I didn't want that to happen, that so I had to do it again and do it again and he ended up getting this, that's not wrong the same outcome but that's I was not wrong I suppose it's not but the
0: point
2: of the story is you can't escape your fate I think
1: is, does that happen on most outcomes then do you think I
2: think it does I think it ha- the same thing happened in different ways uh, Yeah. ok I tried like seven different ways
1: did you get d- every decision outcome? I
2: made I went back and made the d- something different happens but it leads you down a path that ends up at the same path
1: I, had, I seem uh, to remember. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean that makes sense. The God's got to be of some sort of linearity. I did it, and I felt like it cut it really short. And I was like, okay, right. so this this is only the for like twenty minutes, and then it finished. So I did it yeah. again, and it was only slightly longer. And I did it again, and it was still quite short. And I was like, I I want to I just want to watch an hour of this kid
2: <laughs> of this developing
1: yeah. it, and, I, and this this developer who's like some genius. I want to know about him, and I just want a story. <laughs> But, um,
2: We're talking about Bandersnatch, the uh, the Black Mirror yeah. interactive special on Netflix. Which I think it's probably still available. I'm sure it is. You know,
1: it's very impressive and, and an insane amount of work's gone into it. But um, mm. again, I just, I just love Black Mirror, and, and I think I'm just used to to those stories, giving me like a certain payoff, and I'm kind of used to that. But yeah. um, you know, but you know, I, I can't take anything away from it. I just I think I think it was just my my takeaway from it. You know. Yeah, yeah. Anywho, Nigel. That's okay. I'm often bandersnatching. And at the worst possible time, Lord knows my wife can tell you that. He's, he's always watching bandersnatch. He's <laughs> bandersnatching at the worst Nigel. possible Nigel. Are you watching it yeah. again? <laughs> Alice raises an eyebrow and laughs. <laughs> Alice. Nigel Mimsy Band snatched <laughs> I've got it to be really, really bad German accent now, haven't I from him, from that Nazi script I read out a oh, while yeah, ago.
2: Yeah.
1: The device on Alice's wrist beeps steadily. Wait a minute. Are we are we talking about the same thing? With a dazzling smile, Alice stands up and saunters towards Nigel. Nigel Volpile Mimsy. She leans in and plants a sweet kiss on Nigel's cheek. Literal sparks fly from her lips as Nigel stands completely still. Alice steps back, picks up her helmet, and is almost instantly bathed in a column of brilliant light, along with her ship. Nigel shields his eyes for a second, then whoosh, gone. The girl, the ship, only the furrowed earth remains.
2: Well, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Fair play, Nage. <laughs> I know. Whatever he was doing, it was working.
1: <laughs> External, the rusty nailed pub. Night. Nigel nurses a pint of Guinness at the nearly empty bar as Clovis. 60s. Okay, that's a that's a bit of a funny sentence. Uh, Tens bar in a sweat-stained white shirt, eyes devoid of any hopes or dreams.
2: Most people drink Guinness in a bar, don't they? Yes. I bet Guinness sales have been hit really badly during COVID. I'd
1: say that's a very fair observation, man. Definitely. Like,
2: regular lager and beer and wine and stuff? Nah, no problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone's been drinking that at home. But Guinness... I just... You read that out there and it just occurred to me I haven't drunk a pint of Guinness in a long time. No? Well,
1: no sort of non-draft Guinness of any real high quality, as far as I'm concerned, exists.
2: Exactly. Exactly. It's a. It's a draft-only... You really can't mess with a draft, Guinness.
1: No. They've got those um, little vibration machines. Have you seen those where you pour it in, press it, and it goes, boosh, and it creates the head on it. What? Have you not seen this?
2: Is it is it like an instant thing? It's... I don't
1: know exactly how it does it or what they've put in Guinness, some mad chemical, or whether it's <laughs>
2: good for you. Um they have them in, in iron filings yeah. or something. In it, <laughs> yeah. it reacts with the. Yeah, they magnetize it. Run vaults through it. Mm, <laughs> creamy. Yeah, but it gets a nice head on it.
1: You put you put the like a can of flat Guinness in a glass. Put it on this machine. Press the vibration thing, and it it just instantly turns like a that white color, that you know, like creamy color, and it, as if it's just been poured, and then a head appears on it. Guinness
2: yeah. vibrating plate. Oh yeah. Okay.
1: It's still raining outside. It's but called
2: uh, a Serger. a Surger. A Guinness. Oh no, you have to buy a special can though. Yeah, yeah. It's the Guinness surger can. Oh, so you can get them at home. That's fun. It oh d- right, right, right. A sonic fomer. <laughs> oh what? <laughs> that's a my son. That's
1: not oh. my DJ name. <laughs>
2: Sonic FOMA. <laughs> oh my god. There's a video
1: of a guy doing it. He presses his button and it vibrates it and it turns into a lace. Are you watching a video of it?
2: No, I, I didn't want to play it. Yeah, I'm watching, I'm watching a video. Oh yeah, it's like a little thing. He pushes the button. It's like a toothbrush charger.
1: That yeah, kind of it does, yeah. Size.
2: Oh, look at that. It just adds I, I bet if you put an electric toothbrush in, in it as well, it would do the same thing. <laughs>
1: So you need to buy special Sergio cans, don't you?
2: You do. Why? Why? Because
1: they're what the is... ones with the irradiated cobalt filings <laughs> <violence> inside <laughs> to make a, lo- <laughs> a lovely pint to Guinness.
2: Yeah, they soak the hops in barium before they. The uh...
1: <laughs> <laughs> barium enema. Well,
2: oh, look at that. Wow. We can't cure cancer, but we can. Uh... It's a lovely head head on a Guinness. <laughs> They've spent millions on that, haven't they? They've spent millions on creating that Guinness. Yeah, absolutely. is that new? No, it's not new. This
1: is from twenty twelve. It's, it's been been around for a while. It's not that good. It still tastes like a can of Guinness with a widget in it. It doesn't yeah, taste like yeah. draft draft Guinness. Tastes like a specific thing, doesn't it?
2: Do you know what I want to do? I want to go to Dublin, mm. have a nice drink in a pub, yes, and a nice dinner on the square there in Dublin great steakhouse a
1: lovely lamb lunch
2: lovely in the centre of Dublin
1: yes that sounds fantastic that sounds absolutely like the best yeah I want to do that I want to do that please I want to go to there (laughs) so Nigel nurses a pint of Guinness at the newly empty bar as Clovis tends to sweat stain white shirt devoid of hopes or dreams Thornton Clovis and Thornton 50s a bar flight who would likely die in this very spot mm. sit a few stools down Nigel and then she was like whoosh gone just like that Clovis sweats <laughs> just got, like that just I'm <laughs> trying to refrain from doing
2: that <laughs> don't uh, just like that
1: I got a Tommy Cooper birthday card on which so as one of his one liners was on it, it was um, <laughs> I'm on a whiskey diet I've lost three days already <laughs> That was quite good Uh, It's a good line Clovis uh, You mean to tell me That you went to rescue this alien bitch And all she did was kiss you Nigel nods and sips his Guinness Well I tell you my friend You gone down royally fucked Totally completely (laughs) premium quality Fucked Nigel how so Clovis puts the glass away and leans forward to the bar. You rescue an alien and I give you superpowers, mate. Everyone knows this. A super suit, glowing jewellery that makes ridiculous objects appear out of thin air. Everyone knows that. Everyone knows that. Thornton. Yeah, you could be zipping all over town, cape flapping behind you, not hiding here with your wife. Though I understand why, knowing Gladys. (laughs) Poor Gladys. Thornton leans over punches Nigel in the arm ow bloody hell what'd you do that for oh god I'm getting lost in these voices now I don't know who's who <laughs> Thornton uh. not impervious to pain that's unfortunate oh no wait there
2: no, no. Thornton, Thornton was the London. was that was not impervious to pain that's unfortunate that's it Globus hmm
1: maybe the superpowers are dormant let's find out Clovis and Thornton laugh as Clovis pulls out a shotgun from under the bar. Oh, (laughs) Oh, shit. What's going to happen now? This is going to blast them. Nigel's phone buzzes. The screen shows a smiling Gladys, 40s, smiling and attractive. What the hell? They're shitting on Gladys. She sounds lovely. Yeah. Nigel's. All right, boys, wish me luck.
2: (laughs) The old bat-lacks.
1: The old bat-lacks. She's like 40. Yeah. Thornton. That's a dead man walking there. <laughs> That's a wrong voice, don't care. External <laughs> Nigel's house night. Yeah. Oh god. Nigel's truck rumbles to a stop in front of a modest brick house in a quiet neighbourhood. A figure peeks through the lace curtain, then disappears abruptly as the porch light flickers on. Hail Mary full of grace. <laughs> what's wrong <laughs> what's wrong with Gladys <laughs> like Internal Nigel's front hall night. Nigel walks in, puts his keys on a painted ceramic bowl shaped like a girl in a swimming pool. Nice. Nigel. That is very Tony Soprano. Nigel. I know you're up. I can feel your breath on the back of my neck. Right. Internal. (laughs) Nigel's living room. The TV is on. Gladys, 40s, sits on the couch in a ratty old (laughs) bathrobe. Fucking hell. The etched lines on her brow indicate... That yes, Nigel is a dead man. <laughs> so he's gone missing, and he's gone to the pub with his mates.
2: Yeah, he went fishing, then he went for a bevy.
1: Maybe he went for a bevy. Yeah, okay, maybe Nigel's dodging his responsibilities. Gladys, down the nail were you? Did you? I don't know. Somehow, forget that you're supposed to work tomorrow. <laughs> Nigel, I can explain. Honest, you see, there was this. Suddenly a light flashes outside the window. Gladys instantly transforms from a furious housewife into a seductive woman of insatiable desire. Oh, with a Alice, sh- with strip Alice, with a stripper's flare. She she stripper's flares. Stripper wearing flares. She tosses robe on the floor and throws herself onto Nigel. Gladys, between kisses,
0: you don't have
1: to is she alien? Explain anything, only you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> she reaches down to his crotch and smiles broadly. Gladys. Now Come that is a ball pull <laughs> <empty. laughs> <laughs> Nigel smiles. External Nigel's house night. The lights in the house go dark. Fade to black. The ends. <laughs> For
2: fuck's sake. So, man-fishing... Alien crashes Goes and helps her mm-hmm. She says thank you He goes to the pub Comes back to his Batlax wife And then the alien Comes back mm-hmm. Turns his wife Into a stunner And that's his treat
1: Turns his wife Into a Submissive Horny nympho <laughs> Well
2: yeah Actually alright This is what he's after The thing <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> Alice Alice are the Spaceship lies in bits.
1: He's a chubby loser. He's eyeing me with grubby mitts.
0: I wait.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, some human. The the bar was Simpsons, wasn't it? It was Mo, Barney, and Homer.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of like a sketch. I think a lot of these short scripts are more like sketches, aren't they?
2: Yeah. Um. So, I I've ordered two clubs, right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Now I'm still sticking with the. The thing, I don't need all these irons and I don't even know what a wood is yet. Okay. And all this all this stuff, right? So I did a putt... The last lesson was putting. hmm So we went out into the little putting green and he showed us how to... There's all these, like, little exercises you can set up with string and okay. tees and things and you can learn to putt. And he, he sets this thing up. He goes, like, five foot out... 10 foot out, 15 and 20 foot, right? Mm. So he points at the 10 foot one. He goes, how many PGA golf professionals like Tiger Woods, etc. cetera, yeah. can get this? Like what percentage do they get it in from here?
1: From 10 foot?
2: Yeah, from 10 foot. So we're all like 90,
0: um, mm.
2: right? He goes, no, it's like 40 or 50%. Wow. Okay. So we're going, oh, brilliant. So, you know, the pressure's off a little bit. He's like, yeah, you only see the best ones on TV. So don't put yourself in this false. Anyway, hmm. the short of it is, I there was four people in the lesson that week. Three of us had bags of clubs right. and the one glove and weren't sinking putts. And one of us turned up with nothing and was <laughs> crushing it from 15 foot out (laughs) nice amazing they i got one in right i curled it he goes look at the contour i curled it up it dropped in and the instructor turned around he's doing the wanker hand sign (laughs) he's like oh come on i was like what did i was that right did i do good he's like shut up (laughs) uh so you're like I the think
1: equivalent I'm of like someone who's had, who's played golf for years, you know, like a, an online game. And if you've like spent yeah. like hours and hours and hours ranking up your character, and everyone sees you as like you know someone who's really good at the game, you drop into like the sort of the games with players that you're rank, and then you just create a new email address, start from the beginning, and just go and absolutely <laughs> lay waste to everyone.
2: <laughs> right? You've got the dude.
1: reactions, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's you then, you, isn't it?
2: <laughs> just go and crush them. Well, it turns out I might have a little knack for golf, or or it might be some beginner's luck. So I've ordered a couple of clubs: one for smacking it quite far, and one mm-hmm. for putting it in. And I think nice. that's the only two clubs I'll ever need. hey uh, no. <laughs> I'm told no. Yeah, I'm told no. But anyway, anyway we will get the clubs we'll get got arranged. You know, the club's
1: got a range attached to it, so you hit you hit a, a, a pitching wedge full full force. You're only going to get a fifty yards. If you hit a 9-iron full force, it's going to go 70 yards. you hit a 7-iron full force, it's going to go 100 yards. That's the whole thing, isn't it? That's why you need them. Oh, was it? Yeah, you, you don't just hit it harder to make it go further. You use the specific club to
2: make it get that distance. That's that's the whole deal. So you just yeah. smack it the same every time, but because you're smacking it with a different stick, it does the ball goes le- less distance? Yeah. Oh. That's the whole
1: that's so that the deal. see i have
2: got a... L- Oh, so it's really not that difficult.
1: Well, on paper. No, but in practice it's really fucking difficult. Oh, I
2: didn't know that.
1: It's okay. really really hard.
2: Okay. All right, I'll let you know. I'll let you know golf <laughs> update, golf update. <laughs>
1: You get like semi okay and then you start doing things that you shouldn't be doing and then someone just turned around to me and said then you're on a course just keep it on the fairway don't try and boom it just don't try all these ridiculous shots don't go off and get it over that tree or i can get it between those two trees just like even if you just had to hit it like 20 yards to keep yourself getting around the corner just keep it on the green and i finally started doing that and i could see like at the end of me round me yeah my score was getting better and i was like oh yeah, nice. Oh shit, that's right. that's good. Because I'm Do so less. so rubbish at golf and I'm always in the trees. I've actually gotten really really good at getting out of trees and roots and danger and gnarled bits and stuff like.
2: Cause, All right.
1: Because that's where I live on a golf course.
2: That's <laughs> right. In the rough.
1: In the rough with fucking Tom Bombadil. Tom. <laughs> oh yeah, you? Cool. It is a special day today. I just realised you being the biggest Star Wars fan I have ever met in my entire life.
2: Do you know what? I, may- I actually said this at dinner tonight. Yeah. Yeah, I realised what day it was. It's not <laughs> lost on me. Nice. <laughs> it's not lost on me. Well done. But then and I, I said it out loud and everyone went, oh, shut up. <laughs> you who's
1: never watched <laughs> the Star Wars film in your life.
2: I know, I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay, now. We've sent you a script. It's another one from Jason Robarge who sent us um, the one we read out the week before last, which is the, is it
2: the big score? Big score.
1: Was it called the big
2: score? Uh, Yeah. uh, J. Jason. J. Joseph Robarge. Is it? Oh, it's Jason Joseph Robarge, isn't it? Yes. I I believe. J. J. Okay. Yeah. Jason Robarge.
1: So he sent us another script and I emailed him back saying, thank you very much, your sort of slightly offbeat, um, silly, funny tone. It just happens to match the podcast really well. We you like know, it a lot. We like it a lot. The a lot of screenplays you read, the tone, you, you don't know exactly where they're coming from. You don't know what they're trying to put across. You don't know who the audio is writing it. But something about his writing just matches our podcast well, I believe. Um,
2: and so we've got another
1: one of his for you to read,
2: Stu. And he's got two entries in the uh, Bad Screenplays, best screenplay for next year now.
1: Yes, I think he might be the only writer who's had two screenplays on our podcast. He might
2: be the first. Frigo sent us a couple. But we only read one. We only read one. And then Did, we... he, did he send you the email, the, the address yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, Chris, <laughs> come on.
1: Come on. I think if we... Email him every day saying where do you live. He might send us. You <laughs> might reply. That'll
2: probably make him more likely to send his address, yes. right?
1: And can we have your right. phone number, please? Please. Uh, no, we're going to leave Chris well alone.
2: <laughs> yeah, the Unibomber. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So I've got a I got your script here. Um, yeah. Southern hospitality. Mm. Yes. By J. Joseph Robage. Internal bus depot day a middle-aged ticket agent with thinning hair over a forgettable face types away at a computer norman 42 pleasantly plump excitedly approaches (laughs) (laughs) i'm thinking of john candy
1: oh yeah he's back
2: right ticket agent welcome to fuller's transit fuller's how yep. can I help you? <laughs> it's like red apple cigarettes from the Tarantino movie, right? That's uh, his, the brand he created. He puts them in everything. Oh, shit. And a pack of that. red apples. Yeah, Butch. pack of red apples. No way. Okay, I'll suck off of that. Norman. Well, the thing is, I just got fired from my job. And now I'm going to live my dream. I, again, I'm not doing a southern accent. Uh, <laughs> I'll do it. I'll just do it. Uh, I'm going to move to the country and finally become a writer. Ticket agent. Sir, so, that's a lot of exposition to tell a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that Wayne's World, isn't it? Where he goes, good job we ran to that security guy who happened to give us all that information. <laughs> <laughs> he had yeah. an awful lot of information for a security guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, well, I'm moving to a small town in Alabama. I sure hope the locals are welcoming of a stranger especially a Yankee like myself was the yankee's the northern mhm right that's right yeah. okay, okay. ticket agent again sir this is a lot of information and honestly completely irrelevant you know to a guy just selling you a bus tickets
1: it's a cracker way to get around Expositions and it just, can, just calling it out from the start. It's, it's really
2: it's good. Great. It's great, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'll take a one-way ticket to Greenbow, Alabama, where the rest of my story will take place. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, so I, I don't care. That'll be $147 for the ticket. <laughs> Norman snatches the bus ticket from the agent's hand, mutters something under his breath, kicks over a garbage can as he walks away. Mm. External bus depot morning. Norman exits the bus after a long journey. The morning sun glistens off his greasy hair. Norman sniffs under his own arms. It smells like he hasn't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it smells like he's got an asshole in a headlock. Nice line. <laughs> that's, a the good, other pa- <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> uh, as much use as an asshole right there. <laughs> the other passengers avoid Norman as they make their way to collect their baggage. External dilapidated plantation house. Afternoon. Candyland. Candyland. Norman stands. So I, I'm I, everything for today is Tarantino for me. Norman stands on the lawn of a run down estate, speaking with Billy Ray, the caretaker you of the prop property. Know, Billy just Ray really dressed. Quick,
1: there's a, there's a, a shutters place around the corner from where I live. You know these plantation shutters that everyone seems to be buying now, and it says Planta- plantation blinds with colonial elegance on the no. sh- on the shop that's how they describe oh them oh my god they want you to know that, really? that their plantation shutters are called plantation shutters and they've got colonial elegance oh my
2: god <laughs> how bad's that empire
1: really, yeah I know <laughs> they're really proud of it they're really really proud of that description that's so bad it's really bad isn't it I'll send you a picture of it. It's on Allerton Roads, Drew. You, you, you know very well.
2: I do. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's terrible. Anyway.
2: <laughs> Plantation. Uh, okay. Billy Ray, dressed in dirty overalls, speaks with a strong southern accent. Mm. So you just bought a place out on-
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> So you just bought a place out on... See, you might be creating a corn pile. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That was good. I enjoyed the the, the beat before. (laughs) Beat, yeah.
2: (laughs) Who's that? I'm just... Have you ever heard of... um, Who's that? There's an Aussie singer who is more Southern than... um, C.W. Stone King. You
1: heard of him? Fucking hell no. I
2: mean, I love Southern names. Oh, my God. C.W... Stone King and you hear the guy he's an Aussie but he dresses in this in a Southern gentleman style and he plays the guitar and he I saw him on Jules Holland like 10 something years ago mm. more he's got a little Dicky bow and he just he's got a little Dicky bow sometimes but you should hear him talk oh really he's, uh, he's yeah you get that little aussie twang now and again but he's southern as they come
1: whoa that's really weird that's really strange
2: yeah (laughs) so you just bought the place silence scene you must be crazy in a corner possum well it was a good deal the the broker said the place has a lot of southern charm and it isn't haunted those were the two things at the top of my priority list what do you plan on doing with the place
1: I, I do love southern names, though. You know, like, whenever they pop up in, like, say, like National Lampoons, where it's like, this is Ruby
2: Sue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. A is it any of those names with Gene after it? Yeah. yeah. Carrie Gene, Norma Gene, Sharon Gene.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, people yeah. called Shoken and Elmo. Like, proper <laughs> Deep South <laughs>
2: names. Oh, uh, my God. You oh, you God, listen you... to, uh, did you listen to Serial? Yeah. Right? And you heard Um, the one with... I only listened to the first one. Oh, the second one is about a guy in Alabama. Oh, okay, yeah. And there's some characters in that. Yeah, there's some good good characters in that. Oh, shit. Is that the one that... um,
1: I didn't finish it because I was expecting it to be exactly like the first one, which I absolutely loved. Is it about the soldier who
2: who just goes missing off an army base? No, that was... um, number three i think oh shit or oh maybe it's two and the i'm thinking of three but the one i'm thinking about was uh a a, a a southern guy who was like a a clock he repaired clocks you're talking about s town oh i am s town from cereal from from yeah i am you're right
1: it's still this american life though it's still the same people um sorry man That's Oh what it's not me. Oh
2: I'm sorry It's not cereal Okay It's so no good It's so fucking good Right
1: That is Jarby McLemore <laughs> Jarby McLemore That's right That's right It's very good Very yeah, very good Yeah yeah
2: yeah
1: He's like gilding clock parts In the middle of a forest And like, they, you know, With people- cyanide
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And he's buried all his gold In his maze and stuff It's like Oh my
1: god <laughs> When you say that He's buried his gold In his maze just yeah. sounds like completely like fantasy, doesn't it? Speaking of like interesting names, interesting in brackets. Have you ever seen what Tyson Fury's kids are called? or heard? His wife was shout is shouting across the house. Prince John James Fury, fuck uh, off! Prince John James, <laughs> Prince Adonis Azamaya Fury, Valencia Amber Fury, and Venezuela Fury.
2: <laughs> of course they are Venezuela, of little baby,
1: little baby Venezuela.
2: Venezuela, Fenny,
1: ba- little baby Prince Adonis Azamaya. Wait, hold on. Yep,
2: there's one called Prince John Joe or something. Yep,
1: yeah, Prince John James.
2: <laughs> and yeah, when you say prince, mm. you mean like his first name is Prince?
1: Who fucking knows, man? Who who even knows? And honestly. I don't know, I think Tyson is becoming more and more popular or well-known in America, but we've had to fucking deal with him for decades over here. And he's... hes you got to commend the guy for, like, you know, battling his mental health demons and coming back from, like, 50 stone or something to, uh, to get back in a boxing <laughs> ring. But, you know, yeah. the man's a gobshite. That's not that's not dance around. Oh, yeah. He's a dick. And his kids have got very stupid names.
2: <laughs> Venezuela. <laughs> here... John, Mary, Venezuela, here, miss. <laughs> Venezuela. Okay. Billy Ray. Billy Ray. What do you plan on doing with the place? Well, I'm going to set up an office and finally start writing the book of short stories that have been floating around my head for years. Billy Ray. What kind of stories do y'all write? Y'all. It's only one of them. What kind of stories y'all write? Y'all, that's a group, right? I think that's how they say it, though. Nah. No? Okay. All right, bye. Nah, Joseph's a northerner. He's from Minnesota, I think.
1: Yeah, he is. I don't know.
2: (laughs) You know more than I do. (laughs) What kind of stories do y'all write? Well, I have one about a cowboy who's afraid of horses, (laughs) and another about a time traveler who goes back and invents the first toilet. Billy Ray just walks away abruptly. Norman, continue. I, I also do everyone loves Raymond fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Ray, under his breath, silly ass yank. Silly ass. Can yank. you do it?
1: Can you do a Ray Romano impression? I was just about to launch into one and then stop myself from doing
0: it.
2: <laughs> I got one ready, but I know when it comes out, it's going to be shit. So now Should we compare notes? (laughs) 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 (laughs)
0: You
1: just end up sounding like Kermit the Frog
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah Uh, Norman gives Billy Ray an angry look What? Alright then, sounds interesting Says Billy Ray External front porch the next afternoon Kenny Carlisle, 65 years old, front teeth missing under his thick moustache, walks heavily up the steps and knocks on the creaky screen door. Norman answers, annoyed. What do you want? I'm writing. Afternoon, neighbour. I reckon I'm welcome.
1: I (laughs) was just going (laughs) to (laughs) say... Sorry, you do the better voice. You you, you, you did the voice to me once. And I nearly fucking cried laughing, and I didn't realise it. it was an impression of Family Guy. I'm I'm not that familiar with Family Guy. It was old man voice from Family Guy. No, like, I don't watch Family Guy. Oh, do you not watch? Oh, was it you then? It was like no. It was, it was like a whistle kind of voice,
2: like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> Whistling Willie <That's> <laughs> afternoon, the new neighbours yeah. I reckon I'll welcome you A part of the world With my wife's <laughs> famous pie.
0: Yeah.
2: Is, that, is that not a Did uh, no? I please know? I do not watch it I don't
1: know No I see so you, you just made that up then I just made it up <laughs> i like Well done
2: For you some reason me. I like Seth MacFarlane In A Million Ways to Die in the West, Ted. You know, I just don't like Family Guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fair play, man. Fair
1: dude. I've never never really got into
2: it myself. No. South Park made me hate it before I'd even seen it.
1: Yeah, it made me just, like, (laughs) not ever be able to decide to want to watch it.
2: (laughs) Right, because it was stupid. Yeah, I know. I'm sure it's good. Um... Oh, I get it. Yeah, fuck with the northerner. Yeah, by giving him some disgusting local crawfish pie or some shit. <laughs> He's changed his tone, hasn't he, Norman? Fucking northerners. <laughs> uh, we were somewhere. We were somewhere doing a job, and like ninety percent of the crew are from from New York, from right, yes, yeah. Brooklyn, Long Island, and Manhattan, Jersey, mm. and like we got we all gathered together and said listen guys because they're just fuck i love them i absolutely love them Mm -hmm. they're just crass and loud and the jokes are filthy and the swearing (laughs) is you know there's that joke isn't there in new york city you go up to a cop and you say hey officer um can you tell me the way to get to times square or should i just go fuck myself (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> that new <laughs> he got that New York like hey what the fuck <laughs> nice I love it so obviously North, Norman has a little um has a little of that like a fuck Penny. yourself yeah oh I get it fuck with the northerner <laughs> it's it's a peach pie <laughs> well uh, I'd appreciate it if you got your inbred ass off my porch Ooh. huh I heard stories about you country folks fucking with us northerners. Still bitter about the Civil War, huh? Ow. Friend, I was just showing some sudden hospitality. No need to get riled up. <laughs> Norman slaps the pie out of Kenny's hand oh. and then slams the door. I said, leave me alone. Well, there you go. Internal local bar night. Several men sit at tables, drinking beers after a long, hot Southern day. Audrey, the bartender, auburn hair as beautiful as a sunset, and a voice as sweet as Mrs. Carlyle's peach pie. <laughs> 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 nice little reference. Greets Norman as he approaches the bar. Audrey. How do? What can I get you, sugar? I'll take a fuller's. A fuller's? <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's what you want—a nice hot, <laughs> multi-fuller's. <laughs> <laughs> oh mate, do you know what? After I
1: read this script, I googled um, what beers did people drink in like Alabama and places like that. <laughs> this
2: is Alabama, isn't it? Is that okay yeah, right? yeah, Greensboro, Alabama. Greensboro. Um, Is it Greens Green Green yeah,
1: green something? I think it's Greenbow, but it's pronounced Greenbow like Greenbow. But it's like Greensboro. But I think that's a pronoun. It. It's like um, in Yorkshire. Yeah, there's a place called Slathwaite, but you call it Slowit.
2: Oh how do it do you come from Sloughit? Um Sloughit, no, Slathwaite. Yeah. Say like Slathwait. Oh.
1: Um so I googled some beers that people drink at this part of the world and nat- naturally craft beer revolution is in full swing and whatever stage of it we're in now means that it's well more commonplace than just some shitty like fucking dish water that people are going to be drinking oh, yeah. so yeah. it's more common for these massive uh, craft breweries to have like you know things embedded in their culture and stuff like that and I came across something that's really popular called breakfast beer <laughs> what? right so there's a brewery called breakfast hero and one it's one of the <laughs> most apparently uh, uh, you know I'll stand corrected, if anyone wants to correct me. And you have got this thing called the Pastry Stout. Get on this description, it sounds delicious, but this is a beer that you have for fucking breakfast. (laughs) This beer is brimming with notes of syrupy covered pancakes, melty baker's chocolate, subtle vanilla ice cream, and roasted hazelnut coffee. All of the above backing this lactose creamy and chewy body, which which makes this the perfect pairing with any breakfast dish.
2: Oh, my God.
1: So breakfast beer is now a thing. That apparently. sounds freaking awesome. It sounds amazing. And it sounds like I would have a beer with
2: pancakes for me breakfast now. What was that called? Bre- uh, the Breakfast Brewery or something? Breakfast Hero is the brewery. You know, want to know something? Mm. When the water in London was so shitty you couldn't drink it, mm. everything was fermented. So you oh. would drink beer all day. It was like one or two percent. Like it, you could drink it all day. Whoa. But it, because it had been fermented, there was no bugs in it anymore. So people would drink beer for breakfast. That's, I mean, it's
1: one of the only, that's the the original way to clean water, wasn't it? Through like Vikings and stuff like that. That's why they drank beer, right. wasn't it? To, to clean up water, and that's where wine came from, wasn't it?
2: That's insane. That, the percentage of that beer would be quite telling. Yes. I don't yeah. think it could genuinely be a breakfast beer if it's more than 3%. It's an interesting,
1: interesting point. Uh, breakfast Hero Pastry Stout, that was the one I just... Um, Describe. Let's have a look. But I went from going you can't drink beer for breakfast to going I want a beer for breakfast. <laughs> I want it. What percentage is that? Uh, no, eight and a half percent. <laughs> <laughs> Start your day right. There's a brewery in, there in Barcelona called Garage, and it's probably my favourite brewery. It's sensational. You can get a pack of like mixture of their beers, and one of their beers is called Soup. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like an IPA that's <laughs> like it's virtually chewy you know, like they just described it's oh so thick God. it's like a meal in a glass but it's lovely
2: it's called soup whoa really good I want to travel the world again drink some oh, beers same ah. but we'll have to travel with scripts <laughs> yep I'll take a fuller's <clears throat> sorry we don't have fuller's we got breakfast here, old pastry <laughs> <staff>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Fine. Uh, look, I'll take whatever swill you yokels drink. He ain't trying to fit in here, Norman, is no. he? No. Audrey pours the beer and hands it to Norman. Mm, you must be Norman. Yeah. I've heard about you. Kenny told me what you did to the pie. Well, I'm certainly not... Gonna fall for his bullshit. Fuck Kenny's up. a sweet man. He means well. Well, <laughs> fuck him, his <laughs> wife, and his pie. Oh, <laughs> shit. <Bullshit. laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, come on, hon. You're a stranger here. Don't you want to make friends? Why would I want to be friends with you ass backward southerners? I'm here to write. Nothing more. He was so happy in the bus station. <laughs> he was, wasn't he? Well, that's a shame. It really is. You're kind of cute for a Yankee. Audrey smiles and walks to the other end of the bar to take someone's order. You speak to the woman like that. She still likes you. I know. Well, maybe this backwater ain't so bad. <laughs> North. Norman- Norman's gone southern. Montage Montage of Norman at the bar Oh nice Gonna need a montage (laughs) Norman seen drinking Enjoying drink after drink And chatting with Audrey Norman and Audrey getting closer Norman singing and slapping the locals on their backs Norman and Audrey slow dancing Norman, obviously drunk, heads out the door. Having a slowie. You ever seen the other guys with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Will Ferrell?
1: I have seen that, yeah. The police officers.
2: They are. Do you remember that scene where they go out, like, drinking, drinking? And they do the montage thing. But they do it like still images. (laughs) But, like, the camera's moving through like the matrix you know so you've got like a still oh, yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. in place like
1: <laughs> nice trip. <laughs> it's
2: freaking hilarious like he's biting a priest on the arm and firing a gun in the air <laughs> 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 Like that was one hell of a night <laughs> um audrey y'all hurry back now y'all mm-hmm. again norman slurring oh i will i'm mm-hmm. starting to love this place All of you people have made me feel so welcome. I could really build a life here. Y'all are my kind of folks. Everyone in the bar cheers as Norman stumbles out of the door. Internal car, late night, Uh uh-oh, uh-oh. He's zigzagging home. Norman smiles as he reflects on the night. Sweet Home Alabama plays on the car stereo. (laughs) Norman laughs, turns it up loud, and falls asleep at the wheel. (laughs) External ditch night. Norman is trapped in the wreckage of the car and heavily bleeding. The car begins to go up in flames. Norman looks hopeless. Suddenly, Kenny approaches. Oh, thank God you're here, Kenny. Kenny. I'm in a... Kenny. No, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>, Kenny. <laughs> Norman, thank God you're here, Kenny. That was like... I <laughs> was
1: like someone hacked me a post then, it just came out of nowhere. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank God you're here, Kenny. I'm in a bad spot. I'm so glad you're here to help. Please. Norman extends his hand from the wreckage. Kenny laughs. Who said I was here to help? Is he the Whistler? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Who said I was here to help? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? What happened to the southern hospitality? I gave you a chance, Norman, and you acted like a proper asshole. <laughs> the, well, that no, that was before tonight. I I finally get this place. I'm a new man. Oh. The, there was a montage. <laughs> Hear me. What in the hell is montage? <laughs> Kenny walks away from the burning car. Fade out. Oh. Good Never, never reject a pie from a stranger. No peach pie sounds great. <sighs> sounds lovely.
1: That was a bit <clears throat> like maybe we shouldn't That's talk funny. about it in case we end up using it in some capacity. A sketch that you wrote a long time ago, Stu long long time
2: oh that's right
1: about it a, a burning <laughs> wreckage and a funny outcome uh, i genuinely thought it was really really funny
2: but it reminds me that's of that's good of, uh, reminded me of that i re- i know what you mean yeah we, we'll, we'll use it at some point that was really funny uh jason nice one it was it was good <laughs> i like that good written and he did the, uh, the same thing you know kind of referencing the the fact that it's being written and montage and yeah uh, the rest of it you're yeah he's, like he's
1: a writer there's no two ways about it for sure great script um got, i've got a very f- good got a few booked in we've got a few in the pipeline there's a couple i really want to try and use um but they're exits and it means reading right. reading um a really long screenplay to get the context of the exit i'm trying to make it fit in the uh, the ones that are six seven pages long they just work so much easier But some of these other longer ones with the exits are genuinely really good. There's one by Zachary Dolan, which is just great. And um, there's another one we were sent that um, complete with missing pieces. It's fantastic. Mm. Um, But they're just not as easy to to fit in. But we're going to find a way because they're really good screenplays. But yeah, thanks thanks everyone for getting involved on the subreddit. We've got a poll going at the minute of what sort of genres people might want to hear read out on screenplay. No surprise. There's a, there's
2: a leader. There's a
1: leader in the poll, right? Ten votes for comedy screenplays, yeah. <laughs> which you know that's fine because you know that's cool. Number two is probably horror. We don't read a lot of horror scripts, but people want us to read horror scripts. Um, so yeah, we'll we we'll dig some of those. I'll taste you. Do that.
2: All right, we can do that. And yeah, I like a horror.
1: Yeah, I do. if you can find a good one, it's it's really really good. But I think I'll just try a bit harder.
2: But must try harder.
1: Must try harder. Thanks to everyone who voted. Nothing for action and nothing for mystery. <laughs> we read a lot of yeah. action and mystery scripts out on the podcast, you? <laughs> I
2: know. <laughs> Spoken.
1: And Comedy. Who doesn't like to laugh? So Comedy, horror, western, sci-fi. Okay. All right. Homework. No problemo. Um, <laughs> no problemo. That was fun too. Enjoyed that as always.
2: Nice couple of scripts. Uh thanks again everybody and we'll see you next Friday. Yeah, see you next time. See you on
1: the see it on the sub. <laughs>
2: See you the sub. Bye. Bye.
1: Move into the country, won't eat your dirty peaches. Move into the country, I hate your southern features. Move into the country, get drunk and insult the locals. Move into the
2: country, and die in front of yokels. Thanks very much for joining us for another episode of Bad Screenplays.
1: If you enjoy Bad Screenplays, maybe consider sending a script of your own to badscreenplayspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks to Andy Donovan for artwork, and thanks to ACAS for continued support.
2: If you like the podcast, please tell a friend, maybe even subscribe, and we'll see you next week.